Cyber Security Breakfast, your monthly dose of CyberSec highlights. Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to the Cyber Security Breakfast number 52. Although we are already March, it's the February session about the topic AI in cybersecurity and cybersecurity in AI. And with the two partners of the month, Talendus and Codit, we try to answer the question if AI is a panacea or a delusion. The keynote of today will be given by Cedric Moni, Head of Cybersecurity Services at Talendus. And without further delay, Cedric, the floor is yours. Thank you. Thank you, Pascal. Thank you very much for, for organizing such cybersecurity breakfast. I'm very glad today to, to talk about cybersecurity and, and artificial intelligence as opening for, for the round table that will follow. I'm Cedric Moni. I'm leading cybersecurity activities uh, for, for Telandus. And cybersecurity and artificial intelligence. First, I want to, to focus to say uh, I will use the term AI, artificial intelligence, and, but it's a generic, a generic term that will, uh, that will include many different techniques that use to, to bring intelligence into data and into processing of data. So cybersecurity and artificial intelligence, panacea or delusion. In fact, panacea for sure, because cybersecurity needs tools for, for supporting uh, efficient detection of attacks to reduce the time between the, the, the attack, the compromission, and the detection. So for sure, artificial intelligence will be a panacea for, for cybersecurity because it's very, very good at processing a lot of data, uh, finding patterns, finding deviations from these patterns. So it's very interesting to have such a tool in place because it it contributes to augment the human capabilities. Human cannot manage every every logs, cannot manage every event that could occur during uh, on, sorry within a company. So it's very interesting to have um, to have such a, such a tool to to augment the capabilities, to augment the capabilities, and to augment the speed of processing the the, inf the available information. So uh, it's very interesting also. To, to use artificial intelligence to challenge the security controls in place because it's, it's difficult to, to forecast and it's difficult to imagine all the, the type of attacks that could, that could be run. So artificial intelligence can simulate such attacks and that's very interesting for that because it has lots of capabilities. And last but not least, the artificial intelligence allow the, the staff, the security staff to focus on more relevant tasks for them because uh, the combination of the artificial intelligence with the automation brings lots of added value in particular when it comes to the SOC. I think we will address this point on, during the, the panel. So for sure, it's a panacea, but it's not only a panacea, it's also a delusion because we have to keep in mind artificial intelligence is yet another tool to be used into uh, within a company. 
So yet another tool means another tool to install, another tool to manage, another tool to update and to maintain. So it brings lots of added value, but it also offers room for attackers, for manipulation, for compromising the artificial intelligence also to, to stay hidden, is to stay hidden under the radar or to, to continue to, or to launch new attacks. So it's also a delusion because it could also be a delusion because uh, most of the time there is an opacity on the model in place. So it's difficult to have trust into the artificial intelligence. Later during this keynote, I will give you some, uh, some insight on how to, to bring trust into the artificial intelligence that is a mandatory step for its, uh, for its efficiency and for its adoption into the companies. And delusion because it's also very difficult to assess the return on investment on the artificial intelligence. For sure, it's difficult to assess the return on investment on security, but mostly on new tools like that, it's more and more difficult to assess. Uh, as I said, it's yet another tool. And it's like any other tool, the, the solution is between the, the glass is half empty, but also half full. It's very interesting to, to use all the, um, all the assets and all the tools that are available. So first, um, we talk uh, about delusion on artificial intelligence. In this picture, I assume you, you all know this, uh, this thing, a picture on the internet. It's a uh, picture of COA or muffin. And if you look at COA and muffin, a human can do, can do the difference. And artificial intelligence sometimes it's difficult to, to do the classification between pictures. And that's one of the divisions, the type of division. And most of the most important thing is, um, the, the artificial intelligence is different from the human because artificial intelligence does not have the feeling to, to take and to choose the wrong, the wrong answer. So for, so for the famous picture on the internet on the Chihuahua or Muffin, human is far more efficient to, to do the classification. But uh, cybersecurity and artificial intelligence is a relation of trust. Relation of trust because cybersecurity needs uh, artificial intelligence, as I said, for, for improving the, the detection capabilities, for improving the, the capabilities of uh, sandboxing or automatic uh, sandboxing. But AI needs also cybersecurity to give confidence into the models and to give confidence into the, um, the items used to, to train the, the model. And finally, artificial intelligence can also be maliciously used by attackers. Attackers can run attacks against the artificial intelligence by itself but uh, attackers can also target systems by using artificial intelligence tools. And that's very interesting to, to consider this fact is today we assess and we consider the AI for, so for defending because the attackers use AI for attacking. I don't know if you, you remember this, this experience, this data poisoning experience in someone in San Francisco who walked who is a, with a box with hundreds of smartphones and it simulated a traffic jam within, uh, in the, in the streets of San Francisco. And the AI of Google assessed there was more than 100 people at the same, at the same place. And these people were, uh, were moving very slowly. 
So uh, according to the AI of Google, it was a traffic jam at this, at this place. This is, uh, this is an experience of data poisoning that targeted the AI system by itself. So imagine an attacker finds a way to manipulate the AI model to, to stay done into your company. That's something we have to keep in mind when we address the artificial intelligence. And because every technology is at least as useful for good guys and for bad guys, attackers use artificial intelligence capabilities to create persona on the internet. Uh, this figure, I, I don't know if you, you know all these, all these people I mentioned on, on the slide. These different peoples, in fact, do not exist. This person does not exist.com is a website that creates fake faces, fake human faces, ladies, gentlemen, boys, girls, um, such uh, face, uh, sorry, such fake faces are artificially created. But it's very difficult to, to do the, uh, the difference and to assess the difference between a real face and a such created face. And at, uh, in the middle of, of this slide, I, I posted a, a tweet that someone who merged many different faces and we see there is some, there is some similarities. But individually, it's very difficult to assess the difference between a fake and a, um, and a real. And attackers use this kind of, uh, this kind of techniques for creating, as I said, some personas on the, on the internet, for mass manipulation, for creating fake social income, for mis, um, for diffusing and for communicating on, on fake, uh, fake news, etc., etc. AI is also very used for, for the deep, uh, for the deep fake. We all, uh, we all heard, we all heard recently. And as I said, every technology is at least as useful for bad guys and for good guys. And because bad guys are also using artificial intelligence for collecting data, lots of data that could be useful for creating spear phishing, uh, spear phishing attacks, targeting specific people with the, the key assets to, to increase their chance of success in the, in the attack. Attackers are, are using artificial intelligence and defenders have to manage and to, to secure their, their network. This graph coming from uh, IBM Security and Ponemon Institute assess there is uh, more than 212 days before detecting an attack and before detecting a threat inside uh, a network and inside the um, information systems. 212 days an attacker have lots of time to, to know and to collect many information about you, about your customers and about your partners. And it's very long. It's too long, in fact, to, to be able to, to have an efficient response. Considering the attacker uh, have lots of time to, to navigate into your network, it will be very useful to, to reduce this, uh, this time and to optimize your, your chance into detecting and reacting appropriately. So how to, to assess, how to reduce this time frame is to collect many data on your networks and to find patterns that is not usual. So artificial intelligence will bring an added value and will bring another tool to, to face and to, to fight the attackers. Finally, as I said, artificial intelligence is most of the time and sometimes 
seen as a black box. And it's very difficult to, to give your trust in, into a black box because you do not have the underlying patterns that are, that are used for, for taking decisions. So in my point of view, because cybersecurity is a question of trust and cybersecurity needs AI, I assume AI needs to, to get the trust from their, from their users and from their, their partners. AI should follow cybersecurity principles such as the inventory, such as the communication and awareness on the use on AI, and for implementing some security measures on the AI model. Implementing security measures from, from the beginning of this project as default, as, uh, as, uh, as design, it's important to have and to get clarity on the interface, um, on the AI models to to improve and to ensure the trust in, in this uh, in this tool for the future. And it's very interesting also to, to manage the associated risk to the AI. AI, as I said, is just yet another tool. It's very important to consider the security from the beginning and to assess the risk of the AI. As I said, cybersecurity needs AI, AI needs cybersecurity, and malicious users are targeting AI or using AI for, uh, for, for triggering new attacks. So risk management is very important step for, for the interfacial intelligence and to get the trust and to improve the, the clarity on the models, it's very inter inter interesting to use, for instance, any other documents that summarize the, the key threats when it comes to AI. And finally, AI will contribute to improve the capability, but we'll never be able to, to replace um, an appropriate cybersecurity strategy and a good hygiene on cybersecurity. Everybody, I assume, has uh, some uh, basic knowledge at least, and uh, I already implemented some uh, security strategy in their, their company, but AI will not be able to do that. AI cannot uh, increase the awareness by itself. So it's very interesting, and today more than ever, to consider and to implement a, rise, um, a good uh, cybersecurity hygiene before starting uh, an AI project. This includes, as I said, especially in, in the current days, to, to increase the security awareness, to implement uh, multi-factor authentication, to, process, to, to protect the access, to protect against DDoS, to patch your exposed systems, etc., etc. And one last thing is AI means artificial intelligence. And in artificial intelligence, there is a word, the word intelligence. So at the end, it's the human who should have the, the latest word. So it's very important to train your brain and not rely only on tools, even if they are uh, presented with intelligence, and consider these tools as an added value to improve your capabilities to, to manage your cybersecurity posture and to improve your protection for you and your partners and customers. Thank you. Thank you very much, Hedrick, for this uh, very interesting keynote and introduction into the topic. For the roundtable discussion, we have um, alongside Cedric, uh, as, as always being the keynote, we have um, Maxime Do, sorry for <laughs> not having you in the right list here. Okay. Lead architect from uh, Codit. We have uh, Emilia Tentar, Chief Data and Artificial Intelligence Officer, 
head of delegation of the Luxembourg AI standardization and a TEDx speaker. And last but not least, Christophe Mouret. It's ITSO for Age Desert. Right. And uh, La Mondiale, Europe yeah. company. Um, welcome all. And uh, I hope you are knowledgeable in AI because that's what we are talking about today. Um, starting with what Cedric just said, um, you mentioned that AI is, uh, I would say, is mostly used at the, at the, in today, or, or uh, we see mostly applications for, for AI when it comes to enhanced detection uh, of, of the attacks and, and, and incidents, so uh, be it for, for SOCs, etc. Um, so maybe the other, the other speakers, what is in your perspective? The, the, the challenges today with, with AI and how mature is AI technology to really help in doing better cybersecurity, be it in detection or, or other, or other, uh, other areas. Emilia, let's start with you. Artificial uh, intelligence is not new in that we know, and uh, I would recommend strongly the um, people which are watching uh, to have a look at the paper that you already published on the Security Made in Luxembourg, which provides a great overview of what artificial intelligence is and what it isn't, and uh, what is the impact in different areas, including cybersecurity. Cybersecurity is an area where artificial intelligence is applied. We do not have artificial intelligence, general artificial intelligence, so we do not have a panacea which will answer all the problems, but this we will discuss uh, later. Uh, artificial intelligence is a tool which enables a good um, navigation to data. So before starting artificial intelligence, even in cybersecurity, we treat data. So understanding well the um, data governance that we have inside the company, as Cedric uh, mentioned, we need to have good practices. And good practices, they come from data and they go through all the artificial intelligence value chain. From data, we have models and then we have decisions. And I would let the colleagues, which are more operational than I am, to give some concrete examples on where AI stands. Of course, we have small examples, small developments, which are in existing solutions, but only the operational people would know where they stand. Mm -hmm. Yeah, so from, from my perspective, um, one of the things that Cedric has mentioned, actually, is the, the, the fact that in cybersecurity, we have these two aspects, so the volume and the velocity. And that has an impact on the amount of data you have to process, of course, and that's a challenge. And the second challenge is the fact that the technology that we use evolves pretty much every single day. And you, you need to keep up because if you don't do it, then someone else will do it. That someone else could be the attacker, for instance. So they could reuse a technology that you're not aware of. And if you're not aware of that technology, then you don't necessarily know how you're going to defend to these attacks. Yeah, I agree with you. And in fact, from my opinion, the, the first issue now in cybersecurity is collecting the data. That's nice. It's done by everybody. But the increase of volume of data might become a leak in the, the, the processing of this data and in the, um, the attack detection. And that's why I think, um, in this case, uh, AI might be a very good 
Yes, there is an increase yeah. of the volume, but also complexity of the information mm. system right. is more and more difficult to, to handle for a human. So it's very interesting for, for having a, a map of the usual behavior of uh, the users, the usual behavior of the processes, usual behavior of interaction with other countries, with other companies. And because it's more and more complex, especially now when companies will go to the cloud, there will be hybrid modes on premises, in public cloud, on private cloud, and it will be more and more difficult to assess everything. So humans have their limits. Humans are, have their assets and it's difficult to, to change, but uh, artificial intelligence uh, to be used to, to have the, the, the foundation of a correct image on what is happening and to, to get the decision. Another challenge, if I may, sorry, is the, um, you mentioned that is, is the trust that we can have in, in the models. And um, one of the things that we've noticed is that um, the, the people actually believe that they should trust the output of the model. But, but actually, when the model gives you an output, it also gives you a level of confidence, right, in, in the output. And that's what you should trust. And I'm going to be controversial for a second, yeah, and then I promise I won't be anymore. <laughs> but if I tell you that um, I believe that Earth is flat and my level of confidence is 1%, then you can guess that the Earth is not flat, yeah. And it's the same thing here is that um, I think the, the level of trust is not um, explained enough today. Uh, or the, sorry, the level of confidence is not explained enough today, and that's why there is these challenges related to the trust in the model. You agree? Well, I would think that the notion of trust, it was really well shaped by the European context. The European Commission introduced the trustworthy AI strategy. Mm -hmm. Since 2018, we have this. And furthermore, we trust uh, the others, but we also have roles and responsibilities. Yeah. And in the roles and responsibilities, there is another important aspect that we will discuss maybe later, which is the regulation. The Artificial Intelligence Act, which was um, published on the 21 April 2021, introduced uh, a risk-based approach, yeah. and it is a trustworthy approach, but risk-based. And this relates closely with cybersecurity, because cybersecurity is about risk. So here we have different levels of risk, and we are relating also with the language of the board of directors, because there is always a risk-based strategy in the chief risk officer. So by mapping this risk-based approach, which already exists in companies, the European uh, Mission in the European Parliament, which is debating now on the uh, AI Act and the related legislative uh, frameworks, is introducing, in fact, a tool which can be pragmatically used. But do we have the relevant data? And then mm -hmm. we'll go back to the question we have. We need trusted sources of data as we have circle, as we have uh, the initiatives which are neutral. Everybody will trust. Of course, we can't put this information, we can't put it on the public domain, especially on cybersecurity but we can have a trusted circle. Mm -hmm. uh, speaking about, uh, but uh, go ahead if you want to add. Uh... Yeah, w one more thing is in, in fact, uh, the AI tool should not become a leak in our defense system for because of complexity, because of not good, not well managed systems and so on. Then that that's must be keep, keep in mind. Yeah, and what I hear here is that that um, I would say with the the benefits that AI can can bring, uh, I would say complementing the um, 
the lacks that we humans have when 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 uh, analyzing data and especially volume 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 wise. Uh, there are also challenges which which comes with you with it. Uh, you mentioned the, the trust in the system, mm -hmm. so uh, you mentioned risk management. Um, so is some, is that something is AI something that you have to integrate into your risk a new a new risk profile for this new technology that needs to be created? Yeah, for sure, it's yet another tool. Mm -hmm. It's impossible to that's AI should follow the usual process for integrating a tool, especially when it comes to to manage sensitive data. The AI, so I don't know, Maxime, <laughs> yeah, yeah, you can confirm. AI should access to many information, a lot of information on the company to have the, the right uh, the right profile. So it's very important to to bring trust into the AI models to to ensure security and privacy will be ensured. And from sorry. So, um, yeah, from my perspective, there are two things. The first is, and um, I, I join uh, what um, Christopher was saying, is um, the, the, your AI model can can be um, misled by providing wrong data, I would say. Yeah, so that's adversarial. Um, that's one thing. But the other thing is that um, and that's particularly valid for, for bank, and I'm thinking about scoring, for instance. But what um, organizations have to appreciate is that the model is part of your IP now. And that's why companies are so concerned about these models, because they, they put some kind of intelligence in. Yeah? They do the adjustment of the features, blah, blah, blah. Um, and, and that's also a risk, because if if the model can be stolen, for instance, mm -hmm. yeah, depending, of course, on the type of model, we won't go too much into the details, but um, that means that someone can read the model, understand how it works, and then bypass the security measures. So these two aspects are important, are, are the challenges as well. So black box approach it may not be uh, the, the right option, but it could also be useful to protect the models. You have, again, panacea or delusion, yeah? you have to balance, unfortunately. It's the same for coding. You've got to balance public code, might be read by everybody, understand and analyzed by anybody, but might be corrected by anybody too. It's exactly the same for pr private solution. At the end, it's risk yeah. management and yeah, right. it's <laughs> a trade-off for, for getting the trust. Yeah. Yeah, I do agree that it is a risk management approach. If we take the value chain, we can and we need to establish controls uh, all over the value chain. We have the data, we have the data gathering, we have data enrichment, and then we have the model construction, yeah. and then we have what is the accuracy of the model. But then we have how we apply it. So we need controls with different competencies. So the entire company is involved in the end. Data gathering, we have experts and we have IT experts, but we have also domain experts. Yeah. So everybody is involved. So it is a risk for the company per se. So it needs to be involved in the risk management. Um, and for that, of course, some risks uh, are allowed by the new legislation. Some risks are banned. And the, sorry, the question I... And in the sense that yes. they are not... A, they are not a, and I, <laughs> I saw this clarification which is needed. Um, there are um, risk classes, and one it's applications which are not, which are forbidden, are prohibited by the law. Mm. So it's impossible so to, to do what we want to yeah. do on AI. There is, like for GDPR and protection of sensitive data, the, the processing of some kind of data is regulated uh, for AI aspects too. Yes, the AI Act it establishes the risk classes, and it establishes the risk classes not on models, but on the application of AI. So, for mm. example, 
there are applications of AI in uh, mass surveillance in public places, which are banned. And then we have applications of AI for toys, for kids, uh, which use subliminal messages or subliminal techniques. So where they can have a purpose, which is not the intended purpose of serving a playful, uh, a playful acti activity. And then we have uh, applications which are considered high risk, or those applications which are high risk, and this includes safety components. So it, they are mapped with the human rights and how we can protect society by the laws that we are providing. And it includes also applications in recruitment. It includes uh, also applications like scoring, for example, where is the social societal interest. And for these ones, for high-risk applications, we have conformity assessment. So we have uh, ex-ante conformity assessment before putting a product on the market. Even now, we are doing the CE marking. So it's part of the CE marking for products and services will include AI checks. Mm -hmm. And then for conformity assessment, we are really at the beginning, we are working together with the European Commission standardization. I don't know if it's the right moment to, yeah. So in standardization, we have uh, uh, several um, organizations, standardization organizations, European ones, which can be cited by the law. The law provides a framework. These are the risk classes. Some will be forbidden. For some, you need to have conformity assessment. For some, you need to have transparency obligations like chatbots. You need to say, this is a chatbot, that's a real human being. It's an easy one, but it's important. And then we have the majority of them, which are low-risk applications. So the legal framework is providing for the Act is providing this large framework. For high risk, there is an annex free that is an entire list of applications which are included. And this can evolve. If we see that in society, there are some applications which we do not want because they harm human rights, uh, they will be included there. Standardization where it intervenes. The technical specifications are not provided in the law. The legal aspects for a convention which exists between the European Commission and the European bodies and the standardization bodies, they can be provided only by CEN, CENELEC, or ETSI, the European Standardization Organizations, although we have international standards. But we want to be sure that they reflect the European values. So in CEN and CENELEC, we had recently, uh, we had finished yesterday the uh, plenary for GTC, the Joint Technical Committee 21 Artificial Intelligence, and it was decided that the first work item, which will be uh, submitted to ballot, proposed by Luxembourg, it's on AI conformity assessment. I'm the co-convener and proposer of that item. And the first uh, working group, it will be on operational aspects, how we can support industry. So I'm, I was also appointed convener for the first uh, working group, operational working group. So in Luxembourg, although we are a small country, we have the same voice as the other countries. And we can contribute, and we are also contributing. So we have uh, a nucleus in Luxembourg, which supports that, so which good progress. But we, there is a lot of work to be done. What are the challenges? So now what we are analyzing, what are the economical challenges? If we apply this risk-based approach technically, will we have enough data to comply? So this, we need to shape it in a manner so we are um, gathering use cases from industry, from uh, critical industries and not so critical, from all the risk classes, in order to analyze them. If we apply the legislation, how this will uh, translate in practice. Mm -hmm. And I think uh, every economical actor would be interested. There is a uh, training offered on the 31 of um, March by Ilnas on the um, AI app impact on standardization and how can companies get more involved and support our mm -hmm. uh, 
There seems to be quite some, uh, I would say, challenges or, or you mentioned uh, regulations, standards, frameworks where, where um, we try to, to um, I would say, limit in that sense uh, the, 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 uh, or, or, or make sure that the technology is not being abused. Are used for 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 um, yeah for for situations where where it is non-ethical or non non-moral or whatever. Um, what about how do you see then? Do we need then? Do we need AI for cybersecurity? Um, what what's your opinion about? Um, uh, is is it really something that will that will help that will enable each individual company or, or general society to better defend? Um, or are the challenges still today? I would say let, let's let's take today, not in, in ten years. Let's say today. Is it today uh, still already um, important to go into that direction to better to 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 an, an, an ensure a better cybersecurity posture? Yeah, I feel yes. There is already some kind of product using AI. With the, the multiplication of uh, cloud-based solution, in fact, you are already using it for your security uh, systems. That that that's already done. Yeah, for for me, it's a no-brainer as well. Um, for different reasons, one of them is if you assume that an attacker is using AI, yeah, we, we don't definitely know, but uh, we can guess. Um, then probably the, the best way to defend is to use at least the same mechanism and make sure that that mechanism is, is uh, ahead of his mechanism, of course. Um, also, I think using AI helps you to detect um, activities, let's say suspicious activities. So we go back to what we were saying earlier about the trust. Um, you know, if you are convinced that it's either an attack or not an attack, then I don't think you need AI for that. But where AI makes a lot of sense is to, to detect this kind of weird signal, I would say. Uh, so it's all about the noise and the signal. And, and, and then you can reuse the human expertise to look at the signal and confirm or not that there is an attack. Um, the good thing also about AI is if you do that way, then and, and it, it does it quicker than a human is going back in time, let's say, and try to explain to you um, so to the human expert, um, why the system believes there is an attack. Yeah? So it's a kind of, there is an initial knowledge transfer which is done by the expert towards the machine learning model or the AI system, sorry. But in, in return, if the, the machine, the AI system um, has been built properly, then it can, comes back to you with an explanation. And it's done very quickly and it can be thorough as well. So that's a real benefit. Maybe also this, if we consider that the attacker, if we have AI-based systems which are using the attacks and they use reinforcement learning, mm. they can also mm. learn from the way that we react. So we need to be careful to have experts also on the AI side uh, when we are reacting as to be able to provide an answer which will not feed the system and reinforce its learning mm. and providing better attacks. Yeah, absolutely. Yeah, and when we see attackers, sometimes are already in place for more than 200 days, we have to find new way to detect them more efficiently. For sure, we can detect things with um, already systems in place, 
But for instance, uh, we are using AI for uh, defining the, the behavior and to detect uh, gaps between the, the average behavior of our customers and to, to use this as among those other signals, as we said, for the weak signals, it's another field of information very useful for, for improving the, the capabilities of supervising the, the systems of uh, customers, systems, internal systems. So we cannot, we cannot do up a new tool, especially when it could be so efficient. Mm -hmm. And in combination with the automation, it's very interesting and it offers uh, many different opportunities because it could also have a cost reduction effect for the AI. Mm -hmm. Automation yeah. and AI could contribute to reduce the workload or to move the workload, if you can. <laughs> That's exactly what I want to do. So to, to move the workload and to to use people where they will be the most efficient, and to stop to stop looking for for things that could be yeah. easily uh, looked by uh, by a machine. Yeah, so I totally agree with you. <laughs> moving the workload. Yeah, and in, in fact, in most of case, people are managing events, useless events. And if the machine may, may do it for them, they can be put on more strategic position, more uh, useful checking, and only check for right alerts, not only for false positive, for an example. And uh, it, AI might be a, a good tool in this condition. This, in this case, I believe, I'm sure. But we don't have to. We, we cannot trust too much the tool. We have to trust the tool to be absolutely sure that nothing will be lost. And so that's another, another part of yes. The question of trust of the tool is also uh, the the reaction. Uh, thanks to the SOAR security orchestration and mm. and um, remediation, it's very it's very interesting and very useful to use system based detection and reaction. In fact, if a system detects uh, malicious activity coming from one workstation inside the network, it's possible to, to plug the system to interact with other components and to, to segregate and to isolate the, the potential infected system from the network to start uh, some remediation aspect, etc. But in such a case, when everything is automated, we have to, to trust the model to, to not Rely and to not uh, rely his decision on, on false positives that could have some potential adverse impact on the business. Yeah, it, it's giving decisions to to an, to a system, an algorithm basically, and this comes back a bit to what you mentioned that in certain situations this is something that we would not want to have, and and that's why we have these regulations that try to to prohibit specific. Um, Automatic decision taking by by, by systems, uh, um, I suppose. But maybe you can elaborate. Uh, it uh, enables having example. So before developing a AI system, deploying an AI system inside a company, it um, enables to establish where should be the control points, mm -hmm. even in automation processes. And one other point that you mentioned, which is really important, is the behavioral profiling. How we can be the most efficient by doing profiling. And then there is the regulation introduces that. Subliminal techniques, we know that, for example, search engines, they use profiling, but we, what is the purpose of that? Do we agree of using our profiling uh, for advertisement? No? Do we agree with that? 
uh, profiling is one of the most efficient and personalized uh, um, experiences that uh, one can develop. But of course, profiling, in order to be relevant for a user, you need multiple perspectives. So you need to have this circle of trust where you have partners and you establish. Because if you have only the knowledge of the behavior of that user inside your company, being a financial institution, uh, seeing the financial uh, transactions that he has in your company, uh, and not seeing what are the other interests that he is developing, the profile will not be complete. So the power of the cloud, of trust, uh, it's important in this kind of uh, effort. Of course, it needs to be always uh, governed by a trusted source like uh, uh, the security in Luxembourg, uh, the, because you trust that source and you trust to share data and you trust to have the experts to feed the data and also to keep the competences. There are many aspects, as you mentioned, in the chain. We have the competence, but also keeping the competence, especially in the cybersecurity area, where things evolve so quickly. Mm -hmm. Competence is, an, is a good uh, a good word because an AI system also needs a certain competence or needs to build its its capacity. It's uh, I would say it's it's learning phase. There is a learning phase. Um, you mentioned that. Uh, Today, we humans need 200, more than 200 days to detect incidents. Um, what about AI? Will it, will it be faster? Um, will the, the, the weak signals mechanisms, for instance, will, will this, this, this bring some value? Would you recommend, for instance, to looking back, looking, uh, doing, looking back at the data 200 days uh, uh, back because we have we have this figure of okay that might have uh, two hundred days ago we have some experience with, mm -hmm. with this area uh, okay time time is flying so it was afternoon it was last year yes it was last year about exchange issues with um, name afternoon okay it was mm -hmm. it was a vulnerability as a, uh, that has been uh, disclosed in March last March. And exchange server, ex exposed exchange server that could uh, allow attackers to break into the systems, etc. And this flaw has been, in fact, apparently discovered several months ago, before the official release. So we advise all our customers that we implemented such a mechanism to replay all the logs for the last three months to detect potential patterns. And maybe we found something or not. We will not give you the answer. But it's very interesting when new attacks Arrays to to find the, the IOCs, the indicators of compromise, and to replace this, this indicator of compromise several months ago. Because attackers uh, may find uh, weaknesses and start to use these weaknesses before they will be released publicly. So it's very interesting for reducing the this this time to erase. It's very very long. I do not know the the correctness of the of this figure, but for sure in investigations. We run, we find evidences that attackers were already in place several months ago. So it's very, very relevant to, to replay these IOCs into the systems to, to find patterns of attacks several months ago. And that's something only a human can take this decision. Because it's the sensibility of the human. And when we, when we talk about the moving the workload from the first line to the second and third line, that's very interesting because at the end, it will be humans to manage an incident. And I'm not sure AI will have such capability soon. Because it's a question of feeling, it's a question of expertise, experience, of context. 
Yeah, for, for me, it's, it's again, it's all about the, the velocity and where um, AI, let's, let's say machine learning, has a, a clear benefit versus the, the, the pattern matching rules you, you can implement is that today there are some techniques that help the model to also self-calibrate based on what they've seen recently. Yeah. So you don't have to wait for, I don't know, um, 100 days or 200 days reanalyze the data, rebuild a new model that will take a little bit of time. There is um, uh, some internal process to go through for validation, etc. And by the time you deploy the model, then um, the, the model is probably outdated. So um, that's something that for me is probably the, uh, and we've, we've seen that in something we have implemented for transaction monitoring, for instance, is that we, we decided to go for self-calibrating model, which are based on what you mentioned earlier, the profiling. And, and that will always be, you um, offend anyone, but uh, from my perspective, that, that will always be the pattern matching rule. The key thing is if, and just, uh, if you, you can then circle the loop because then from, from that kind of model, then you will extract the new rules that you can put in your system and then the model can focus on something else. Right. And, and exactly what we talked about a few minutes ago. Um, in this case of self-learning system, an attacker might use the, this, particularly mm -hmm. this function, to generate some leak in the system because he sends small information only to change the, mm -hmm. the rules. Mm -hmm. And then if the human is not here to see and to analyze what's What's how we how is um, changing the system? Uh, you can miss miss something. Talking about attackers, um, yeah. So um, you mentioned one example. There was another example mentioned already before. So do we see really already attackers using AI either to better attack or or maybe as you mentioned to try to attack the AI systems that that uh, are put in place. Um, yeah, I, th I think we, I think we can see that. Well, I won't say every day. Um, but, but the, the, the funny thing, for instance, is, um, uh, so my team and I, we, we're not really in the front end. Yeah. We, we, we provide a model and then finger crossed all works well. Um, but it's, it is something now that we've integrated into our testing procedure is we, we try to bias the model and see how robust the model is against a potential bias. So that's the kind of thing we, we try to integrate and I insist we try. It's not that easy, uh, because we are naturally biased as well, of course. Uh, but that's something we should, we should do. And uh, if you do that, so it's, it's a preempt exercise or it's an exercise to do before the, the model gets used in real production. Uh, but, but clearly if we do it, then someone else will, will try to do it. Of course, I, I, I believe so. There are one or two questions from the audience. I'm checking if uh, uh, we can take in uh, one of them. Let's take this one here. To what extent does AI or machine learning introduce specific new risks and how to manage these risks when selecting products like network monitoring? Models and training data can influence the results of an algorithm and especially if these are proprietary, they can't really be trusted to deliver their right results. I think that's an interesting question because it goes to the core of the uh, artificial intelligence and what is the risk-based approach. 
uh, artificial intelligence as opposed to software system in general, which are deterministic, it is based on approximation algorithms. Doing approximations, they introduce a risk. They do not give us the perfect optima. They give us uh, suboptima, or in some cases, even uh, one or two solutions. That can be the case. This is why we have control. So it's the level of confidence that yeah. I mentioned and accuracy of the system. Then um, uh, how to manage this risk and selecting the products like network monitoring. Of course, the products which are related with network monitoring, they should have at least the probability of, uh, or the ability to include also artificial intelligence models. Because uh, navigating complex uh, networks of data, and I mean here the interactions which exist between structured data, when we have the um, complex uh, networks of interaction established on the data, um, how do we select? That would be a procurement question, and that uh, relates with the conformity assessment. What is conformity assessment? It is a process in which some persons are certified as being able to check the systems according to a process. The process is given by technical standards, but um, what it gives as a trust mechanism, including network monitoring, because they are software systems in the end, uh, this can be used as a tool. It will be in 2024, 2025, when the AI Act will be uh, in really adopted and we will have it. But even till then, we can use certification in this conformity assessment scheme, which are being deployed by standardization. Furthermore, there are the testing and experimentation facilities that the European Commission is financing currently, which will be domain specific. So, would be really interesting, but I think this comes from your competency because we have here uh, in Luxembourg, we have Le Choix du Roi on Valier, having you as uh, leading European efforts. And it would be great to see there that we have sandboxes which are dedicated for cybersecurity in AI and AI in cybersecurity, the two aspects. Mm -hmm. So, sandboxes will exist. Testing experimentation, it is foreseen for four major areas health and others, which are not of interest today. Then if we go to technical aspects, and I will go to the models and training data, if they can influence the result of the algorithm. Yes, we have data poisoning, we have adversarial attacks, so we can have a noise image and we introduce it in the training. This is at the initial phase. And of course, it will influence the results of the algorithm. We have this image with panda and the noise. We put them together and it will give, this is, a, say, a chimp one, whatever. Mm -hmm. So we, that's, that's, these are easy ones. Mm -hmm. um, maybe, maybe uh, the other speakers about, about this specific thing you mentioned about how to test or how to evaluate an, an, AI, an, AI, an AI product. What, what's your experience? It's another product. Mm -hmm. Then you have to test it like all products without AI. It's exactly the same. It's a new security product. Yes, it depends also on, on your, on your needs. Yeah, of for, course. For you, in your company, you have specific needs and you are looking for tools or you are looking for something that fits, that will yeah. be, that fulfill your needs. Like for every product. Yes, exactly. <laughs> I fully agree. It's, it's a question of, yeah. uh, regarding the question of the audience is you have to assess your specific needs. You have to, to consider the different products on the market and to see in which extent they will fulfill yeah. your, your expectations. And in terms of trust, as I said, if you, you forecast in your projects to, to give the full control of the AI on your network, it depends on the 
kind and the, the business nature of the network. Not sure mm-hmm. I will give uh, AI uh, Cleoma all the, the items of the network for business. Uh, for business. It's, it's a question of risk. It's, yeah, and it's, isn't, it's there, what, isn't there an, I would say, uh, sorry, isn't there an, 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 a bigger timing effort? To be to be considered when when evaluating AI because you have this learning phase you have this this behavioral analysis I would say you you probably would need or or, or data wise certain volume before you really get an evaluation about it yeah of of course I think the two things here yeah either you implement your own model or, or your own AI system <clears throat> and then from my perspective that's a real investment yeah you, you can't say I'm going to do that for two years and then we switch to something else. Um, now, the, the question about the tool is an interesting one because um, the question about the tool is, do you basically trust the tool, whatever the tool does? Yeah, When you buy something off the shelf, you buy the box, right? You, you don't go into the details. Um, I think one of the things that has to be considered is when you buy a tool is to that, that pretend, whether they do it or not, I don't know, but pretend that they have AI embedded is make sure that you, it, the tool provide enough information. So again, we go back to what we were saying with the level of confidence, but here is make sure that there is enough uh, information about the level of explicability and interpretability, which are the two keys when you talk about um, trust, at least in machine learning from a technical perspective, of course. Um, yeah, that's the most important. But it's also a question of expert to analyze the outcome, yeah. the output of the tool. And because some of the tools allow um, yes, yeah, so a company to, to manage some thresholds, etc. Yeah. So it's a question of human analysis of Absolutely. the outcome of the tools to take the decisions to change things into the network, into the tool by itself. Yeah. And we yeah. are back to, to the human, in fact. Yeah. So you say that um, to replace your experts by AI or to, to complement your experts by AI, you need, you need experts to evaluate yeah. if you yeah. can use yeah. this AI. So, so to assess yeah. the, the efficiency yeah. and the success factor of the project yeah. is to rely on humans. Uh, and you can imagine that there is two, two ways to implement that kind of solution. The first one is leave the system learn itself. Is doing managing alerts, system logs, and that's all. And build its own intelligence. And the second way to avoid spending time is to configure it by expert, which are experienced guys. They are looking, they are checking few parameters configuration and doing a, a first configuration to avoid spending one month, two months in machine learning. And then we are only starting one step behind or two steps. Yes, and also to, to take the outcomes and to, to yeah. implement change into the systems and the network to fix the issues. Yeah. It's, it's, a, bit like, it's a bit like a recruitment process for you. <laughs> <laughs> you have to, to, to evaluate, you have to learn, and then yeah. to get it shaped to yeah. your specific needs in, in, in your company. Uh, yeah. um, Luda, there are some existing tools. So if we take a black box from the market, there are techniques like Vine, which mm-hmm. allow you to test the black box. You test on input mm-hmm. and output. Of course, they have their limitations, so you need to an expert which will check these results. But there are more and more mm. techniques which allow to test black box. So they, I think part of the question was if we have proprietary uh, artificial intelligence. Mm. Most of the models they are derived from yeah, known techniques and mm. they are open source because we have this uh, large emergence of open source. But if we have a black box, we can still test it. 
So there are land techniques, there is explainability. And uh, then we need to be careful on our approach. Of course, there are the big players, the big tech players, which provide explainability, interpretability tools. Um, we need to understand what biases they are checked. Mm. Are they favoring their own techniques? So as an SME, I, it is easy to say that, but uh, the reality is there exist tests uh, out there. So if we have a black box, and if you'd like to do procurement in cybersecurity, first of all, be sure you have the experts, and then you can ask them to use also these tools. Like mm -hmm. um, time is running. To co so to conclude the uh, the session, um, allow me a last a last question to to all of you. Um, when we look at, at at the NIST framework with these with the different, I would say, areas in cybersecurity. We have talked a lot about the detection, the protection, and how AI is is useful can can uh, can help us, or what are the challenges with it. Um, what about the other the other um, uh, areas like recovery or identification? Do you know any any specific uh, concrete applications already today where AI also can help in in these other areas, which are quite important for cybersecurity as well. Yeah, so, I guess for that? recovering. Uh, mm -hmm. In fact, if you if you look at a, a company, the life of a company, there is some period time in, in the year you are doing some specific operations. And during this year, some kind of operations are much more critical. For an example, at the beginning of the month or at the middle of the year, and then you don't need exactly the same recovery plan depending of the period of the year. Then maybe uh, we can imagine a system, an intelligent system, learning how the company is doing the job and help people to define the, 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 the recovery plan regarding the activity and the, the time in the year. Then you can imagine for the, in the middle of the year, the, the system can tell you, okay, that kind of application must be running first, but this one is only used at the end of the year. Then there is no, it's a low priority of recover. And this, this way of learning the activity of the company might, might help, um, the guys, the, the, the recovery team to define priorities and to be more efficient in the recover. Yeah, so um, I, I still see that as a challenge in terms of the recovery because of the level of uncertainty of these uh, systems where I believe, correct me if I'm wrong, but I believe that when you want to recover something, you want to make sure that you've recovered 100%, right? Yeah. And 100% in the machine learning, that's that's clearly the panacea. Yeah, um, there's no doubt about that. So um, I think it will be more challenging for the recovery um but yeah that's it's an interesting subject that something we need to think about it um yeah maybe exp exploring a bit on this and and maybe uh, i would like to have also the opinion of, of emilia and, and and cedric um when using this example and and applying it to more uh, operation like risk management governance would ai technologies also help in the governance or in the risk management uh, aspect so more on the on the preventive side of cybersecurity than on the detection reactive side. So to dynamize mm. risk management uh, processes, for instance. Yes, for instance, AI can be used for inventory and threat assessment mm. and threat modelization. 
uh, it can also be used for, for challenging the system in place. We talk about it. It's, it could be used, for instance, I can imagine a system of an AI detection box uh, that is challenged by an AI by itself. Another AI for, for simulating attacks, etc. It could be also very useful for, for testing the behavior of the security controls in place, either technical or organizational and human. So it's possible, yes, to, to use such, uh, such systems for, for challenging what is in place to assess the outcomes and to take decision, informed decision on the risk exposure, the effective risk exposure. Mm -hmm. I think um, I agree with what you have said previously. Um, AI per se is not that uh, difficult to um, protect. It is, uh, if we take the model per se, if we take the lean approach and we are uh, supporting more the lean approach where we do not keep the data. If we take the volumetry of a model, it can be kept on, on a watch, on a wearable. So it's that simple. It is a mathematical model. So once it is trained, it will be kept anywhere. So ensuring the critical part, which is the algorithm which is trained, so we have the model which was trained, that's easy. But ensuring the entire AI process, what is important from the AI value chain? We have the model which is trained, which is the most important. Then the data, maybe we'll retrain it with other data. Maybe we will not be able to recover all the historical data. That might be needed for regulatory reasons. So depending on the level of risk that the institution takes when it is, applies AI, if it applies it for the consumer market, it's different if it applies it for financial markets where you have systemic risk which can occur. So I would say prioritize, as you mentioned, and then take the risk-based approach as you usually take and put high priority on the trained model and the rest, the entire process, you have the experts, you have constructed the entire chain so you can reproduce it. Even if you are not able to recover it, do you need to recover it? Yeah. We are discussing a lot about the cloud-based approach and where we keep all the data. Of course, uh, this is the main paradigm which enters the market, but we have more and more the lean-based approach where we learn and then we keep only the trained model. Mm -hmm. So I would think it is not a panacea. It will not apply, this model will not apply to all your problems, but it will solve the problem on which it was trained. And you need, at least every month, you need to retrain it and you need to keep an eye with an expert eye and build your competency. Mm -hmm. Well, thank you very much for this very interesting discussion. Uh, I think we learned a lot about AI. And uh, allow me to conclude that, that there is not the AI thing, but there is a lot of different uh, AI applications, depending on the algorithm, depending on, on the, the type of use you want to have. And um, uh, it's, it's a tool, it's a technology, it's, it's something that will not, hopefully not replace us humans, but uh, will for sure extend uh, our capacity. And um, so a lot of opportunities ahead, but also a lot of challenges. And um, looking forward to all these developments uh, in the in the future. Thank you very much, everybody. Um, as you know, we have uh, every month such a uh, discussion. Next will be yet again on in March, which will be the March edition, which will be at the end of March as, as usual. And um, you will get all the details by our newsletter uh, about the topic and the partners and uh, discussion participants. Thank you very much.